I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. Will you stop your damn sniveling, son? Buck up, Bart. Buck up. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Oh my God, it rained last night. It actually, there's there's a wet substance on the ground. There's clouds in the sky. See, this what is, is happening? This is what sucks, though. We're always kind of bitching about the fact that we don't have any, like, there's we can't see outside. The one day, the one day that there's light I can actually see outside, it's gray. That's been open for weeks, Rashad. I've I've never noticed it. It wasn't open last week. Yes, it was. Couldn't have been. It's been open since I want to say June. No. Yeah. No way. It fell off mid-show. It made a loud clanging noise during prime time, and they looked up, and all of a sudden they could see the sky. Now, don't get used to it because they're talking about covering it again. But um, it's well, been like it's it been today. open for a couple of weeks, dude. So that that's on you for not noticing that that's been no. Open. I have not noticed that one bit. Well, that. That, that is on you. But now I'm looking up and I see the gray and it just makes me sad. Well, is it? I, would you rather see the gray with some trees or would you rather see a back of a white placard that says a station name on it? Come on. At least you're looking outside. the back of the white placard. Oh, no, you wouldn't. Yeah, that's fine. At least you're looking outside. But this, I, this. I will say, as much as I don't like when it rains that much, it's nice to change it up. It was nice to have a little bit of a different morning. Hopefully it gets sunny a little bit later. That'd be nice. But... um yeah, I, I kind of, I thought it was like, oh, it's something different. That's nice. Yeah, rain is super different from Portland. So, well, I mean, different I'm for glad. the last two months. I don't care, man. Listen, Ass. listen. <laughs> it rains here eleven months out of the year. I will take the one month to where there is nothing but sunshine, no breeze, and a hundred degree weather. I'll definitely take that. Well, that makes one of us. Um, I will. I will take more of a moderate temperature. Please. I'll, I love, the mid, I love the mid-60s, 70s. Those are perfect temperatures Man, for me. Man, you can't go to the river in the mid-60s, 70s. Of course you, you can. It's hard to go to the beach and enjoy mid-60s, oh, 70s. No, Absolutely you can definitely it enjoy it. Man, well, you get to the beach and it's 60, 60 degrees here, 70 degrees here, and that means it's like really 55 there, really 60. No, I'm, I'm talking about at the beach if it's that temperature. It's also nice. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm don't not know. talking about the beach. Oregon the beaches? Same- Yes. No. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to the Oregon beach to sit like, on the sand. Collective gas of size being just like, uh, I don't know, bro. Look, there's a, there's a difference. When you go to the Oregon coast, I, at least for me, I don't go there just to sit on a beach chair and look at the ocean. Like, that's what I do when I go to warm beach areas. 
But the Oregon coast, you walk around, you know, you go see some tide pools, you go into town. Like it's a it's a day thing. You go walking, you're not just there to sit. So I mean, that's that's how I do it at least. So, I mean, if it's cooler, I don't care because I'm walking around. Yeah, I don't know. Sixty degrees at Gearheart doesn't sound fun or seaside and it's sound like now now eighty. 85, you know, I'll, I'll do I'll that I'll take all day. that too. Absolutely. I'm just but. saying my preferred temperature is somewhere in the low 70s. I will I will accept that. Yeah, you're in the East, last you're two days. You're an East Coast guy too, so that makes that makes sense. It's always hot there in the summer. And it and I I just it's a nice little even kill temperature. Nobody's I'm, nobody's unhappy with 72. How about that, right? Nobody's unhappy. Uh it's it's a, a comfortable temperature. Depends on what you want it to do. I, I'm the type of guy where I like the weather that allows me to keep taking off layers of clothing. So 72 is the point where I'm starting to Oddly put sexual, on. Jesse. Uh, hey, there you go. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, you know, you, you, you want to just wear a T-shirt and shorts or whatever. Or just shorts or, you know, yeah, I mean. Just a shirt. I, sometimes, you know, around my house, I'll go down to the underwear. It doesn't, you know. Way it's... too much. <laughs> Jesse does keep his house at like 76, so. I would understand just underwear. That would be comfortable. Oh, man, I like it's It's comfy, man. Um, so, but it, hey, look, I'm not here to judge anymore. I've already judged your love of the heat for the last couple of weeks. I'm, you know what? I'm going to be judge-free Mike today. Just, just, no, you can judge. Judge all you want to. I mean, otherwise, what the hell are we doing here? Yeah, you no, know? this show's about judging things. So, <laughs> we kind of have a choice. I just, I like the comfortable temperature, that's all. No, I hear you. I and just, so having a nice little, nice little cooler day coming in was nice. I, 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 I hear you. Like, I, I prefer a comfortable temperature, too. Like, my house is a, it's 60 degrees in there. Like, I, I need it to be right around there just because, you know, I just like to be literally chilling, you know, at that point. Yeah. But. You know, when I, you. I, I love the river as well, and I like going to the beach, and I like going to places when they were war- it's warm because it's always freaking raining here. Like, there's nothing you can do. There's no way to get around it. And then, oh, it's throwing a couple random snowstorms in the springtime, and, you know, you've got Portland weather in a nutshell. See, so, I don't – I it's supposed to rain on, like, like – I heard it's supposed to rain on the eclipse night. Is like, it? Or, like, for Possibly, real? Possibly, yeah. Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, the, 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 coolest, the coolest night of – past oh i don't know 35 36 years or so it's gonna it's gonna rain so is it gonna rain during the eclipse or just that night i, th- I think so i think i heard during the eclipse i'll have to look that up but well yeah. that'll make my parents unhappy because they're coming out here just to see the eclipse yep. so we got a text here at the bridgeport beers text line it says there's a reason why they call it the coast instead of the beach yeah here in oregon yeah no it's it's one of those things like yesterday i finally broke down and i was like oh, okay the, the my lawn of weeds is getting a little bit long i'm gonna I've been busy. I haven't been able to mow my lawn. So I finally did that yesterday. And, of course, here comes the rain to just kind of water those weeds to come back. <laughs> I'm just like, that's Oregon in a nutshell. Hasn't this whole time, like, my weeds have kind of been – they, they I like how you call them slow. my weeds. Like, you're, you're proud that they're your lawn weeds. <laughs> it's been pretty bad. They've, they've got they, – they got pretty bad. Now, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I got it. The, the lawn's looking nice and tight. Like, you can't see all the weeds, and they're just going to come right back. There you go. It's that's classic Oregon for you, you know. But but Oregon's always like we're we're always like, oh man, it's so cold. Oh, it's so wet. Oh, it's too hot. Oh, it's too dry. We we're never happy. Well, this is not we're just people in Oregon. Happy. People complain about the weather because it's easy to complain about. I for one have have tried my best to ignore the rain when it happens and just live my life normally. Like I'll still go to the coast if it's raining. I don't care. I'll walk around and just wear a jacket. Yeah, that's, no that big deal. Not sound awesome. That uh, awful. I'm, hey, done, I'm still at a beach. Done it, haven't I'm done it a lot of you know my life. Yeah. I'm still at a beach. It's fun. 
It was not fun. Nobody's there. Look at that. Lukaku scored again. Goes, oh, yeah. Maybe your new favorite player, Rashad. He's really good. He's awesome. Um, so this is Sports Sunday. We will have plenty of NFL for you. And trust me, it's almost entirely – actually, it's entirely NFL today on the show. Um, but uh, I want to I throw this in now, and we'll tease it a couple of times. We have two weeks, two shows, but two weeks to fill two fantasy football leagues, just like we did last year. Um, they will both be 12 team leagues. Preferably we can do a 10 team league, but 12 teams preferably. So we'll need 21 people over the course of the next two weeks to commit to do a fantasy football league with us. One of the leagues will be run by me. One of the leagues will be run by Rashad. Jesse can have his pick. If he'd like to switch leagues or stay with Rashad, totally up to him. He'll be in one of the leagues. And then you, the listeners will fill out the rest of the leagues. We've done this the last couple of years as part of dirt and Sprigs, a yearly fantasy football party. This year, it is on Wednesday, August 23rd, 6 p.m. at Punchbowl Social, which is at Pioneer Square Mall or Pioneer Place or whatever you want to call it in downtown Portland. Um, I've actually never been there, but Rashad says it's one of the top floor restaurant things up there. So just to give you a, an idea of where it is. These are really fun. You get to be in a fantasy league with us the entire year. Uh, the key is you got to come out and draft with us. You can't just be a, a mobile drafter or an at-home drafter. The whole point of this is it's a draft party. It's not just going to be us. Uh, Dirt and Sprague will have their league. Uh, Sinner and Sane are going to have a league. I believe Crawford's going to have a league. So everyone's going to have leagues. You can meet all, a lot of the fan personalities and uh, join us in fantasy football. So if you, the listener, would like to be in our leagues, um, pick or just send us a text to the Bridgeport Beers text line at 55305 with your full name and your email address. That's all we need. And we'll send you an invite. We'll, we'll uh, compile a list of names, and then we'll create leagues, and we'll send invites out to all those people. So if you want to be in the Fantasy League, send us your name and your email, and also make sure you can come to the draft Wednesday, August 23rd, 6 p.m., Punchbowl Social, downtown Portland. So listen, don't be the guy that signs up and then doesn't come. So last year, had a couple people, and it was weird because we had to change the league. You have to go into the, to the app and change the league settings and everything to make sure that – Everyone is able to participate. If you're not able to come, it's it's all good. You know, keep texting in on the text line. You can also get fantasy advice from us once the season actually starts. So it's all good if you can't actually make it. But if you do sign up and you are, and that means we do expect you to come. So come on out, come have a beer, have a few beers, or if you don't drink, I don't know, we can order you sodas, some, water, order you some yoohoo or something <laughs> like that. But just go ahead. And come out and kick it with us for a bit. Come meet Dirt and Sprague. Come meet Swag. You know, I think they'll all be there. Uh, yes, they will all be there. So um, if you are interested, please uh, send us your name and your email. A texter says, do you have to be 21? I actually don't know. I don't think so because Punchbowl Social is not a a bar. It's a restaurant, but which is also a like little thing. You can take kids in there as well. So I don't believe you have to be 21. I'm going to double check with that. So... If you um, if you want to sign up tentatively, send us your info if you're not above 21. And um, we will put you down and we'll let you know for sure. We'll send you an email personally and we'll let you know for sure once we find out if you need to be 21 or over. But I don't believe you need to be because uh, I don't think that's how it's been in the past. So if you're interested, please send us your name and your email and we will put you down and we'll pick leagues. Uh, you can you can choose if you'd rather be in one of our leagues, but, uh, you know. We'll need to fill you out either way, even if you choose so it's, all it's, Rashad, because that's obviously the better one. It should be noted. Well, well, geez. It should be noted, though. You're going to be playing with three. This is Championship Sunday here. So you're going to be playing with three, 
you know, pretty good fantasy players. You know, the I think we're the only show that has a fantasy part on the on the fan. Uh, we do a little bit on the baseball show too, but do we? yeah, okay. But it's baseball. It's the only yeah. fantasy football segment. So I mean, Jesse was the winner of the league we had the first time we did this thing. Uh, Lynch and I both won our leagues last year. So if you want to come, you know, get that little booty spanked, you know, by one of us, then please go ahead and join our league. And we'll and we'll we'll tout this throughout the show. So if you know if you miss it, we'll obviously. I mean, if you're listening now, you didn't miss it, but we'll keep doing it. So if you are thinking about it and you want to make sure you have time in the schedule, we'll still we'll still be accepting names all throughout the next two weeks. Uh, so that that'll be coming up in the next couple of weeks, and we'll talk about that coming up on the show today. Uh, Rashad had an interesting question about rookie quarterbacks that we'll talk about in the next segment. There are a lot of them who might get playing time. The key word is might, at least early. Uh, we got a bunch of NFL news and notes from the end of the week this week. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott suspension gets handed down. The Bills made a couple of trades with some pretty big-name players switching teams. And we'll also talk about the first episode of Hard Knocks. That got underway last week on Tuesday on HBO. It's following the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, you can also, you don't need HBO to watch it this year. It's also being posted, I believe, on NFL.com. In full. Uh, that's, I kind of was listening back to some clips on it, and it was just on NFL.com. So uh, that's another way that you can watch it as well. So we'll talk about that in the 9 o'clock hour. In the 10 o'clock hour, we will continue our NFL divisional previews with the NFC South, the Falcons, the Panthers, the Saints, and those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll discuss that at 10 and 10.30. We'll have Hater to Love It, as always, at, at 10.30. I mean, 10 and 10.15. We'll have 8 or 11 at 10.30, and then the winner of that gets to host the final segment. So that's all coming up. Text us in the Bridgeport Beers text line at 55305. You can find us on Twitter, at 1080thefan, at MikeLynch27 is me. Rashad is at TaylorMade503, and Jesse's at Jesse Osman, A-S-Z-M-A-N. Coming up next, which of the big four rookie quarterbacks? Uh, I guess. <laughs> which of the big four? We'll, we'll throw the fourth in there for fun. Um, will have the best first season under center. This is Sports Sunday on the fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 918 here on your Sunday morning. Thanks to Jeremy and Hunter so far for sending in their name and email to uh, join us for the fantasy football draft party, Dirt and Sprigs. Uh, is it the third or fourth annual now? It's Man, it's a lot. Uh, I think it's third. I think it's, this not, is I think it's the fourth. Third, and they definitely did one before They us. did. Yeah, yeah, so it's their fourth yeah, annual. It's, fourth. it's our third. So thanks to those two for uh, sending us your info. If you'd like to do it again, text us in the Bridgeport Beers text line at 55305, full name, and your email. And uh, we won't send out invites right away. Don't worry. We'll just write you down, and then we'll figure it out as the weeks uh, go on. 823 August 23rd, Wednesday, 6 p.m., Punchbowl Social at Pioneer Square Mall. Uh, so there are four, count them, one, two, three, four, rookie quarterbacks who may have an impact this year on their new team. Now, all four of them also may not play a single down, uh, depending how the season goes, which is very interesting because normally when you draft a quarterback this high, they're instantly your starter. But uh, we'll start with the number one overall pick, Mitch Trubisky. He did not start the first preseason game for the Bears. That went to Mike Glennon uh, against the Broncos. Deshaun Watson in Houston did not start. Tom Savage did. Uh, Deshaun, Deshaun Kaiser, Cleveland, did not start. Brock Osweiler did. Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City, did not start. Alex Smith did. Those are the four highest drafted quarterbacks in this year's draft. 
However, all four of those teams, with uh, maybe the Chiefs partially excluded from this, have massive quarterback questions. And all four of those rookies may get significant playing time this year. It's the first time in a long time that I've actually been very unsure of if any of these guys are going to be good or not. Generally, you have an, an idea of like, oh, this is a good quarterback. But with all four of them, I'm like, eh, they could be good. But there were a lot of question marks for them coming out of college. So out of those four, who do you think is going to start earliest? Do you think all of them will start this year? And who do you think is going to be the best? It's a pretty interesting question. I, I mean, it, it really was. It's, I was kind of thinking about that as I was listening to some some radio on the way in. It's like, huh, I wonder which of those guys is going to play the best. But as as it's set up, as far as who's going to start first, I, I would I wouldn't put that past Cleveland to put Deshaun Kaiser out there because it's Cleveland. Um, even though they just went ahead and got Brock Osweiler, it, it wouldn't shock me if they did the very Cleveland Brown thing and and put their rookie out there to throw him to the wolves and say, well, good luck. So that wouldn't surprise me. <clears throat> From a football perspective, an actual like being able to play the game. Um, I think Deshaun Watson is probably the one that with the ability to, to really start and have an impact for his team first. A lot of things are really set up around him to to, to work out for him. Uh, you've got a stud wide receiver. You've got a really, really good running back in Lamar Miller. You've got a pretty good defense that has J.J. Watt coming back to it. So if there's anybody that is best suited to be a starter with all of his skill set right now, it's Deshaun Watson. And he has to go against Tom Savage. You know, so that's that's really his competition right now as far as being the, the week one starter. Hey, Houston's talking up Tom Savage, man. They are talking up Tom Savage, but it, it, it was it wasn't Tom Savage who performed really well in their first preseason game. Now, mind you, it's preseason. And the only thing I'm really looking There's at is There's only so decision. much you can take out of preseason. And really, the only thing I'm looking at in preseason is decision-making. You know, that's uh, I don't care about your, you know, the the, the, the the routes that receivers are running. I don't care about how many times the running back got bottled up. I look at the decisions you make when when running running those plays that's what i look at deshaun watson had a good game in, in in that respect so i think he could be the guy that really starts but in re in reality it, it's going to be uh mitchell trubisky you know there's <laughs> mike glennon is that's the starting quarterback in chicago is it mike well glennon? that is the starting quarterback and yeah. if you look at what happened in the first preseason game again preseason can't take much out of it his first pass was a pick six Mike Lennon against the Broncos uh, against it, the number one cornerback in the NFL. Let's just get that out there. Number one rated quarterback last year in the NFL was Chris Harris Jr. So. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's also the most underrated corner because nobody exactly. knows who he is. Um, but Mitch Trubisky in that game, not granted against the second string for the Broncos, maybe even the third, third string because he was the third string quarterback who came in 18 for 25, 166 yards, one touchdown, no picks. He looked good. He looked poised, I think, is the is the key. He didn't look like he was out of his element at all. And sometimes when you throw these rookie quarterbacks in, even in the preseason, I'm going to keep making that statement because we have to remember it's the preseason, not the NFL yet, the regular season. But even in the preseason, you can kind of get a general vibe about the guy. It's hard to take stats as what they are, but you can see how they stand. Like you're talking about decision-making. I'm talking about like the, the poise in the pocket, the ability to just comfortably of course. go through your reads and then make a decision, like you said. And Trubisky looked good. He did. He didn't look exactly flustered out there, and I, which is interesting because I'm pretty low on him in general. I was shocked first pick overall. I mean, I wasn't shocked. I was shocked that people uh, raised him up the board so quickly in the pre-draft process, and I just didn't believe 
a guy who barely started at a second tier ACC school is going to be a great NFL quarterback. What? Well, he looked okay in his first game. No, and I think the one thing that kind of stands out is, and we kind of, you know, differed on this a little before the show is the Bears don't have a, a great list of quarterbacks through through their franchise history. No, they don't. Um, I, the best ones, and I know you guys talked about it on primetime as far as I, I think it was yards and stats, was Jay Cutler. You know, so here's Trubisky, a guy who's who checks every one of the measurables. Who you know, what I'm saying he 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 looks like he can hit every blade of grass on the field. He looks like he's that accurate. It's it looks it's a different look for Chicago. And if it seems like they're a little kind of in love with this guy already, it's because if you're a real Chicago Bears fan, you're not used to seeing a quarterback who can come out there and make every single throw. You know, Cutler could, yes, but Cutler also had this, uh, I don't really want to be here type of attitude that I think a lot of people didn't really dig, you know. And so uh, you look at Trubisky, and he checks every single box for now, and I don't think there's any reason he can't be the starter in Chicago. The only thing is, that's I think that's a worse situation than Deshaun Kaiser. You know, uh, the, the, the Bears are just as bad as the Browns. Make no mistake about it. They are a bad franchise right now. You have a, a chance to really ruin a, what looks like a good quarterback with just bad decision-making at the top. I, I look at it this way. The, the when Through the pre-draft process, uh, a lot of the concerns with Trubisky was he was very good in games where teams weren't as good as their team. When they went up against better competition, he was they were you know in a bigger bowl this last year he did not fare well against that competition. So he looks really good against inferior competition, but doesn't look good against as good or better competition. So then when I see he's the third string quarterback, he's putting up really good numbers against the third stringers of another team that aren't playing the full defense that the Broncos like to play. That kind of tells me, okay, I, that doesn't tell me anything. It already tells me what I've seen. He's a fine quarterback against inferior talent. I need to see him be good against at, at the very least second stringers, but I need to see competence against first, first stringers before I'm even willing to turn the reins over, over to him at the beginning of the season. Because the fact is, is he's proven that he could be good in, in non against uh, worst competition. Yeah, and you don't get that in the NFL. Like I'm sorry, the Browns might be the worst team in the NFL. The Bears might be the worst team in the NFL. Well, you can't play But they're <laughs> not that much. Yeah, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like there's not that big of a gap between the worst and the best. I think we might see a little more of Trubisky against better competition weeks 2 and 3 if he gets promoted above Sanchez to be that second string guy early. Because that's who played second was Mark mm -hmm. Sanchez, by the way. Or in the third week where starters play the longest, maybe he'll get some time against some top uh, top competition. So we'll get a better vibe from him. Um, I kind of agree with Rashad. I think Deshaun Watson looks the best, the most pro-ready. Um, that doesn't mean his ceiling is the highest. But to me, that they shouldn't be starting Tom Savage in Houston. They really shouldn't. It should If you're going to draft Deshaun Watson that high and you think he's going to be your franchise quarterback or your next quarterback – why on earth are you starting Tom Savage? Tom Savage wasn't horrific. No. But not being horrific should not be the qualifier for you to be your starting quarterback for the team. Well, no. between Chicago, um, Cleveland, and Houston, they are the most ready to start a rookie right out, out the gate. Absolutely. And he is also, of the three, the most pro-ready rookie. And so, yes, it makes, they have a great, it makes well, sense. I shouldn't say they have a great team, but they have, you're right, the best team of the three. Got a good running back, so at least they wouldn't have to put too much pressure on him early. Remember, Lamar Lamar Miller is there. 
Um, you still got DeAndre Hopkins there, one of the best receivers. Now, they've had a bunch of injuries already at the receiver position. Will Fuller broke his collarbone. Braxton Miller left uh, training camp last week. So now they're kind of in that weird Jalen Strong's your number two, and he was awful last year <laughs> situation. But at least they got DeAndre Hopkins. Um, they've got a decent situation, and I think he'll definitely be the best. And I guarantee he'll be starting within the first four weeks of the season. And, then, and I know that's giving me a lot of time, four weeks, but come on. It's Tom Savage. Now, I, I know we got a break, but one quickly. I think what's really interesting here is Patrick Mahomes. And because, Rashad, yeah. you brought this up, and I didn't, I didn't know about this. I didn't read this. Apparently, Mahomes is just dynamite in camp right now. Yeah. He's really good. And people were shocked the Chiefs traded up to get him because we've seen Texas Tech quarterbacks have issues in the past because they play in such a high-paced system that doesn't translate to the NFL necessarily. Uh, we've seen that that school ha that school's quarterbacks have issues, but if he's playing that well, the Chiefs are actually the team best set up to help a rookie quarterback right now because they're, you know, I know their offense isn't exactly exciting, but they're stable. They're a stable team who runs a stable style that's easy to kind of pick up. And I know Alex Smith is their quarterback. I know Alex Smith is a good quarterback, but Alex Smith isn't turning heads anywhere. I know. If Patrick Mahomes is actually playing this well, and again, it's just reports we're seeing. If he's actually playing this well, do you think he might actually push Smith for a job at some point this year? I, I absolutely do, especially considering they took him with the 10th pick overall in, in the first round. Like, I mean, they they really – you don't take a guy top 10 at the quarterback spot if you don't think he's going to be a, a game changer immediately. Alex Smith, I think, might be one of the dis most disrespected quarterbacks in the league just because he just, he just does his job. I'm, I'm not going to make too, too many mistakes. I'm also not going to throw a million touchdowns, but Alex Smith is just a steady – Quarterback, you add the the skill Mahomes already has, and maybe give him a little bit of that, you know, patience and things that Alex Smith has. Then you got yourself a hell of a quarterback. So yes, I definitely think there's a chance that he can move up this year. And let's just go ahead and say, for whatever reason, Alex Smith falls off a cliff, you know, this year, and he just his game is is awful. I guess or he could. Yeah, or or let's just say that you know he. And I'm knocking on wood here. Let's say he he goes down with with an injury or something like that. Then all of a sudden you're looking at a guy who can you know, really do everything Alex Smith can do. And it looks like he's a, a little bit better of an athlete. All right. Uh, we got a break coming up next. A little bit of NFL news and notes for the rest of the hour. Lots of stuff happened this week uh, as the NFL, it's really picking up. It's so close. It's like four weeks away now. And all the news and notes are coming in. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott has been suspended by the NFL and it's for longer than a lot of people expected. Uh, also a couple of trades with some pretty big name players and, Hard Knocks started, and it was a very interesting first episode. And for once, it feels like a good team to watch uh, throughout the preseason. So that's all coming up next. But first, Jesse has SportsCenter. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.35 here on your Sunday morning. Sports Sunday with you till 11 o'clock. Mike Lynch, Rashad Taylor, Jesse Osmond here. Text us on the Bridgeport Beers text line at 55305. Lots of uh, big NFL news at the end of the week this week. And the biggest was a suspension. And it is for Dallas Cowboys star running back Ezekiel Elliott, arguably top two running back, maybe three, if you want to count David Johnson in there, uh, running back in the NFL, at least from his rookie season. And it helped that he had the best offensive line in the NFL. But uh, he's suspended for six games for kind of a combination of things. They're calling it violation of the personal conduct policy. But uh, it's for sexual assault allegations. It is for 
him just generally getting in trouble, whether it was lifting the girl's shirt at Mardi Gras or getting into the alleged bar fight in Dallas or any of the other myriad of things that we've seen tied to him from TMZ and police reports and stuff like that. They're basically just saying, stop being a bad dude. You're going to be suspended for six games. Now, there's obviously Cowboy fans are pissed, but I think there's kind of this very mixed reaction to this suspension because there's still a question of whether or not he did sexually assault the woman. His, I think it's now ex-girlfriend. And, you know, there's questions because he was, he was kind of let off by the courts on it. And then there was text messages that came out that she was faking something um, and that she was talking to friends saying that she wanted to get Zeke in trouble for what, what he did. That could mean that he had been doing it in general and she just had enough of it and faked it to get him in trouble. Uh, or, you know, it could mean exactly what it sounds like that she just wanted to kind of make a name for herself off of a big star player. This was in Ohio State, by the way, not in the NFL yet. Um, you know, so that could be it. So there's kind of that confusion of it. And six games is more than we've seen the NFL give a lot of guys who have done similar things. Uh, we saw what Josh Brown, the kicker for the Giants, who apparently repeatedly beat his wife, got what one game, mm -hmm. a one game suspension. Uh, we saw the obviously we remember the Ray Rice situation. And th I think the biggest thing for me here, my big takeaway from this is whether or not you believe Ezekiel Elliott did the right, did the wrong thing. He didn't do the right thing, but whether or not he did the the really wrong thing, the NFL has to be consistent with this. And if they're going to be consistent with their suspensions, I am way more on board with six games than I am with one or two. Because six games is a, a deterrent to do things. Six games is almost a, is an exact third of your season. That is hurting your team. That is hurting your teammates. That is not one game. That is not two games. That is a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And even when he does appeal it, because he is appealing it, you know, generally speaking, might not be the case here, an appeal will reduce the suspension by one game. Still five games is a long time. I think if the NFL is going to improve itself and improve the way that it looks on the outside uh, when they're dealing with players who are doing the wrong thing, a longer consistent suspension is better. Now, this sucks for the NFL because Ezekiel Elliott is fun to watch. But this is the right decision by the NFL because, in general, he's been an idiot. And he's, in, in general, he's doing a lot of stupid things. You know, whether or not they're against the law or not is up for you to decide. But he's done a lot of really dumb things over the last year and a half. Yes. And six games to me, I mean, it could be longer. But six games, I think, is a nice, good sweet spot. If they want to set this as a future standard, go for it. Let's just talk about some of the dumb things Zeke has done. Now, mind you, I'm, let's, let's, let's keep all the, you know, the – uh, the sexual, you know, assault stuff, you know, aside and everything. Uh, bar fight. Put, you know, allegedly. Alleged. Um, Most of these things are alleged, right? Uh, the, the, the the half shirt at the at your uh, at your draft night. Your stupid hair. You know, like, I mean, there's a lot of silly things Ezekiel Elliott has has done and everything. Can't be but, suspended for stupid hair, though. No, you can't be suspended for stupid hair. You can't be suspended, however, or the for shirt. your name <laughs> being in in certain things. And unfortunately, since he's been in college, like this has been like a three year thing for Zeke. Like we we just hear something every single year. You know, you you pull up some girl's shirt at Mardi Gras. Now, mind you, whether she was laughing or giggling about it or whatever, there's some people that give uncomfortable laughter. And uncomfortable giggles when when stuff happens. So it's not to say that she enjoyed, you know, being you know stripped of her shirt at least for a moment or whatever. But I, I think people have the assumption that you know, well, 
they didn't charge him with anything, so I don't understand why they did it. Well, the NFL's doing it because they have to save face. Ray Rice made them look terrible. I think we forget about Adrian Peterson in that situation. That made the NFL look really bad. And so and now they they I think they just had to do something. And considering the fact that Zeke was in a lot of stuff, it was a personal conduct. And that's why they end up giving him six games. Now, we still don't know what happened. He didn't get cited for anything, or they didn't get, you know, charged with anything because uh, the city of Columbus said, man, we don't have enough information. It's inconsistent, so we can't really charge you with anything. The NFL doesn't work that way, though. Like, if we don't care if you weren't charged with it, you were in that situation, and we're going to suspend you. Six games a lot? Yeah. But if he really did it, man, six games probably ain't enough. Just saying. Like, I mean, so I think they suspended him thinking that he – if he did it, then six games is plenty. You know what I'm saying? If he didn't do it, then. The way the way I look at it is this, and it took a long time for baseball to get it right, too. But right now, the baseball steroid policy is this. You get one, you miss 85 games. That's half the season. You get two, you miss an entire season, 162 games. You get three, you're out forever. The NFL needs to follow that logic. And, I mean, in and it could start with six. I mean, if, if they want to make six the number, it might be a little bit low, but I get it, right? You, you, I, the NFL is a little bit of a different animal than some of these other sports. So let's just say you start with six, right? Then you get caught again, second time. And I'm, I'm talking mostly sexual assault here because this is a big one. Um, you get caught again, 16 games, entire season. I don't, I don't, you get caught I don't, again, you're gone forever. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think. Do it. It's one of those things. Don't man. be afraid. Sexual assault is one of those things. Like you. <laughs> you get caught and it's true you shouldn't play i just i mean i just i just think that's what that is man you you get caught for sexual assault but that's not gonna you happen get popped, you i'm should, trying to look realistically at it realistically know? the nfl there's going to be another good player next year and there's going to be a, a good another good player the year after that you know it's called an nfl draft or an nba draft sexual assault is one of those things those those people men and women they, who are sexually assaulted they have to live with that forever and this guy is going to get to play again next year because that was the that was the rule i think they need to fix that rule immediately like there's some some crimes just aren't created equal yeah i, I just i just kind of think that like peds or whatever they're uh, I, I don't think they're the same you know getting suspended for doing steroids or doing peds is i i can forgive my teammate for doing that as more than i can forgive him for sexual assault i i was violence. i was surprised by the number of games um uh, mostly from the fact that it, what you're basically suspending him on is a bunch of him getting into stupid situations. We don't know exactly what happened. That's why they're had, saying personal it, conduct, right? Yeah, and and so I I get that. Like uh, I I I was thinking four because you don't really have anything to say. Yes, and definitely he he the, is you know domestic violence. The evidence know. is weird. It it's very weird. It's just a really weird situation. Um, the the whole punching a DJ thing that that right there I think is enough to to get it up to six. Play the thong song. You know that's like, how it went. It's just it, it's his Probably whole situation has been so weird because that one it it, it was weird because everybody just disappeared in that case in in the in the DJ punching case, everybody just gone. So it's, I, I, I'm with you on the fact that I just want consistency. I don't want to see a kicker who actually beat his wife and beat his children, get one game. And then you see this other guy who we think he might have 
get six games. That's yeah, the problem. And the way the NFL looked at that, I think, is, man, nobody's going to miss the kicker. I couldn't even remember his name. Was it Josh right. Brown? Josh Brown. I couldn't even remember his name. Like, and nobody, the Giants listen, let him go. The Giants didn't even – Giants probably didn't even know he was gone. It's like, oh, man, you weren't here last week. Like, Ezekiel Elliott is behind the best offensive line in football. Had one of the better rookie years that we've seen from the running back position in a long time. Like, he plays for the star. He plays for Dallas Cowboys. You know who the hell Ezekiel Elliott is. There's people in New York that Josh Brown could walk past right now and be like, oh, you play for the Giants? The football Giants? You play here. Like, the, nobody knows, knew that. Like, he's just another guy on the team. He's Ezekiel Elliott is the star. And so I think they had to, knowing that he was the star, man, I, they, had to, they had to do something. They had to set a precedent, which is the, the typical NFL because, like, again, it's, there's no consistency anywhere. And, and that's it. You set precedences before. You just don't follow the precedents. No. Like, I mean, the, the Giants took a bigger stand against domestic violence last year than the NFL did because they just released Josh Brown. They was, were not even going to deal with you. Well, at first they put their foot in the mouth and well, said that they, he shouldn't be suspended and he's fine. Yeah. Question and then they released him after the backlash. If, if, if Josh Brown were, let's say, Odell Beckham, He's the best player on their team. Do you think he would have been released? Oh, and no, no. I mean, it's go. a lot easier to release a, a kicker, kicker, a punter, yeah. you know, a placeholder. I, mean, I can replace you, no problem. You're a best running back. You're a best receiver. You're a best quarterback. All I've been Roethlisberger. I'm not getting rid of you. Well, and, and it, it was just interesting too, where the NFL also came down. Where, you know, if you just keep doing stuff like this, then you might not be in the NFL anymore. And and I it, once again, just coming down to the consistency of like. Just be consistent. If this is it, then just you need to just keep coming down with the six games. There, you cannot break deviate from that six game path because you've also made the precedence that you don't have to be convicted of domestic violence to get that six game. I, well, I'm, I'm just curious what the appeal is going to hap is going to be here because you're right. The evidence is sort of lacking. We don't know what they have. We know that uh, we, we know that they have something. We just don't know. If the appeal process happens and it actually turns out that they were kind of bluffing, they're going to have to reduce the suspension a little See, bit. They're going to have to, or else it's going to, they're going to look bad. But so I just want one thought here. A texter said PEDs and domestic violence are totally different. I'm not comparing the two when I, when I say base follow baseball's uh, lead with this. All I'm saying is don't be afraid to really put the hammer down and keep a consistent line on it. That's all I'm saying. I, that's, I just kind of feel with the I just kind of feel with domestic violence as opposed to like PEDs or anything like that. I don't want to give somebody a second opportunity to to do something like that to his wife or girlfriend or some random girl at the bar. You know, I I don't think that should be something that we give multiple opportunities. Well, this game, well, this time if you do it a six game, you do it again, we're gonna suspend you for the season, and then you might nah, man. If if it's something like that and you're found guilty of domestic violence man uh, if if you unless you go through some some ray rice type situation and you go to all types of counseling and you've done everything the right way you've donated money to battered women i mean unless you've gone through the 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 process like that then i have no problem but if it's one of those things i don't want to give you two and three opportunities and this is the third strike you've had for dv so you can't be here anymore nah that young lady that person that wife could be dead by then, you know, and so we don't want to give second and third opportunities for that. It is absurd that you you've had players, you've had great players, great upcoming players ran out of this league because they like smoking pot. And you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, Josh yes, Brown never hit his Josh, Josh Gordon never hit his chick. Never, never. Josh well, Gordon, all he did, he liked far to our knowledge, our knowledge, you know, and Martavis Bryant, another great, you know, talent that he, he liked to smoke pot. He, now he's we haven't seen him in a, a season and a half. It's that that's the problem with the NFL is is they 
they look at things like smoking reefer worse than beating your spouse. And that it, you're looking at and wondering how they came up with those rules so that it lays out that weed is worse. Can't stay off the weed. You can't stay off the weed. We'll, we'll pump you full of opioids. You can't smoke weed. We'll kick you out of the league. You do that. But you beat your wife. We'll just suspend you for a couple of games. All right, we got a break. Coming up next, uh, do you want to do hard knocks or the trades that happened? Because we're going to have to move one. <laughs> mm. Dang. We'll decide when we come back. Tra- okay, let's do the trades. Okay. Yes. I was gonna, we got to give somebody a tease. We can do probably do, we can probably do both. Well, it's already 949. Let's do hard knocks then. It's it's hard knocks. It's, it's, all, it's, all right, all right. Yeah. Rashad can't make it his mind. But yeah, coming up knocks. next, I understand one player much more after watching the first episode of Hard Knocks. And we'll talk about it next here on The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. One final segment here in the first hour of the show. We've got our continuing NFL previews coming up in the next two segments. We'll be doing the NFC South today, talking about the team that blew the 28-3 to halftime lead. That would be the Atlanta Falcons. Mm. And uh, we'll also talk about the... That was harsh. It's true, though. Also incredible. Well, truth. look, people it's, are people keep. I keep saying this, and people keep looking at me like it's too soon. And I'm like, I'm sorry. No, did you hear the Patriots? Did have you blow a 28 to three? 283 no. diamonds in their Super Bowl ring. I did see that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I did see that. Uh, so, and and the Buccaneers, another team, which we'll talk about here for a second, as well as the Saints and the uh, Panthers, who might have a bounce back here. That's coming up. Hater love. It's coming up. And uh, we'll revisit the Fantasy Football League invites uh, for our draft party with Dirt and Sprague again this year, coming up in two weeks. So that's all coming up in the next hour. But the first episode of Hard Knocks was on Tuesday of this week. They are following the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are actually a good team. And it actually makes me a little more interested to watch Hard Knocks. And I watch it every year. I, I think it's really interesting. But I'm kind of getting to the point now where I'm seeing how samey it is. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's follow the rookies who are fighting for a spot in the team, but they're probably not going to make it. Let's watch them all get cut, and it kind of sucks. Okay, bye. Like that's uh, eventually it kind of gets this, it kind of gets tired, but at least with the first episode, this was before any of the preseason games. It was just kind of introducing the team, and I teased it before the break. I finally understand one player. I get it, and that's Jameis Winston. I was on board with Jameis during the episode. I understand why teammates have kind of rallied around him everywhere he's been, but especially in Tampa. We so we heard Gerald McCoy, their defensive end, or defensive tackle, say that this is nobody's team but three's team. Three is Winston's number to the media. And it's it's true. And some of it, I think, could have been a little bit putting on a face for the cameras because the cameras are there. But in some of the more candid moments, Jameis was so much a leader. He was the guy who was getting everybody else involved when the rookies had to sing their songs in front of the whole team. He was the guy on the on the practice field kind of getting people excited for the next play. He was everything. And I'm not a guy who necessarily falls for that rah-rah stuff a lot. Like, I, I see it a lot of times for what it is, and it's bluster to try to look, look like a leader. I feel like Jameis is a natural leader. I feel like Jameis is 
exactly what they've painted the picture of him as. And that is a guy that people want to rally around. And I would rally around Jameis Winston. It's weird. I was all fired up with it. I was like, there you go, Jameis. Is he the smartest guy in the world? No, but I don't care. He's a leader. He's one of those guys that... You, like you said, you want to run through a wall for him. you know. And we heard this about him at Florida State. Like His teammates absolutely loved him. Jimbo Fisher absolutely loved Jameis Winston and everything he was able to bring to the table you know, as a leader. And you look at somebody who um, we know wasn't without controversy in college. You know, There was a lot of things that surrounded Jameis from uh, sexual assault allegations. And, and uh, the, we all remember the whole uh, crab incident that he had. And then the whole... Thing he had in his little quad when he stood up and said what he said at the quad that day you know so Jameis isn't without he's still kind of a kind of an idiot you know kind of kind of a, a, a bumpkin in, in certain ways but man he just loves to play football and in sports we like to make a lot of comparisons to people so if you're black we compare you to other black athletes other black people that are your counterparts if you're white we compare you to other white people we never like really put you like well this guy is more like it Jameis Winston reminds me a lot of Brett Favre in the sense that here's a guy who loves to play football, who's always out there having fun. The one thing we remember about Brett Favre is he'd throw a touchdown, he'd run into his offensive lineman's arms, he's fist bumping, he's, he's ass slapping, he's doing all those things that you would want your quarterback to do. you know. But he's still funny and he's still endearing and he's still fun and all those little things that I think really kept Brett Favre around for so long. But with that, man, he's going to make some mistakes. He's going to be a gunslinger. He's aggressive. He's going to be aggressive. And I think Jameis Winston has that same type of mentality to where he's incredibly aggressive. Like, I'm going to make this throw. I can make every single throw. And I'm good with the quarterback that feels that if it's between – now that he has Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson on the other side, I feel like I can make every single throw out here. And I'm not mad at him for feeling like that. So Jameis Winston is one of those guys who knows how to handle the moment. And I think that's exactly what you want from your quarterback. There's always interesting characters in hard knocks that they find a player or two. That's really interesting. Um, and I'm glad that this year it's Jameis. I'm glad that this year that it's the star player of the team. Cause a lot of the times it's just some random linebacker who, you know, I mean, he's probably a starter, but he's not exactly the most exciting player, but Jameis Winston is interesting. He is. Say what you will, and you're right. He's gotten into trouble before. You know, he may have assaulted that girl in Tallahassee, and he stole the crab legs, and it might have, may have been given to him, but we don't know, right? There's a lot of questions around him. Similar to Ezekiel Elliott, he hasn't exactly always done the right thing, but he's the star of the team, he's the leader of the team, and he's the most interesting guy on the team. He's just that personality. And... I hope that they do a lot of focus on him during these next four episodes because we know it'll get, like I said, into the kind of the cutting the rookies and how they're doing in the preseason games. But I want to watch this to see Jameis as a player yeah, and think, a person. I think this could really be a, you know, uh, a, a magic versus, you know, bird type thing in the sense that here's Jameis, kind of like Magic Johnson, you know, all the college, you know, decor decorations in, in the world, you know, national champion, Heisman, first team. You know, all those all those different things. And he has this infectious smile. He's just rah-rah, the teammate that everybody wants to kind of get to know and everybody wants to really know more about. And then you have Mariota, who's a little more reserved, much like Larry Bird was. I'm not as comfortable being in the limelight. You know that I'm great. I don't have to tell you that I'm great. I'm a bad dude out here. But, you know, I'm, I'm not as interested in being in the, in the spotlight. And I think that could be 
the way these two are kind of judged through their entire career. You know, they had a battle in college, or which wasn't much of a battle because Mariota, you know, blew the pants off of Florida Florida State in that game. But then they they battled. I think their first game was in in the NFL. You know, was it? They played each other last year, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so, Maybe it was I mean, two years ago. So here here are two guys that you, you can look forward to battling forever, but their personalities couldn't be any different you know the one thing that Mario kind of, is the quiet leader yeah the one thing that brings them together is the fact that I think through most He's of like college Derek they've been compared to each other you know like uh, Mario didn't win that Heisman I thought he should have won the year that uh, Manziel won and then he I think I thought he should have won the year that Jameis actually won it so it's just kind of one of those things but it's going to be interesting to see the uh the way this plays out between the two of those quarterbacks but yeah you, you're right looking at Jameis Winston he's incredibly interesting and he's one of those guys you just kind of want to follow uh, all right, coming up next hour, we will talk the NFC South, preview that for you, and then we'll do Hate It or Love It. Rashad's on like a three-week winning streak of Hate It or Love It. and Going for four. He's going for four Woo. straight. Hey, it's uh, it's on, like Donkey Kong, like as they Donkey say. Donkey Kong. Uh, keep texting the Bridgeport Beers text line at 55305, and if, if you miss any of the first hour, you can listen on the listen on the Les Schwab Tires podcast, which will be posted at the end of the show on 1080thefan.com and on the 1080thefan app. Uh, next, NFC South. Will the Falcons recover from their collapse in the Super Bowl? Plus other notes in that division. We will go there next here on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.